0: Hey everybody, welcome to Ask Me Anything. I'm Matt Love. I'm here with Pastor J.D. Greer. And uh, as we're recording this, the 2022 SBC annual meeting is just wrapped up. Anaheim, California. We were both there. It was a lot of fun. And as often happens at the annual meeting, there are some topics that we just end up spending a lot of time talking about, thinking through. And one of the topics this year um, that came up in the meeting was, should a church be disfellowshipped from the SBC if they have a woman serving as a pastor. So, J.D., what do you think?
1: You know, we probably should have seen this on the horizon just based on the conversation leading up to the convention, but I think we were all so focused on what we needed to do about sexual abuse that that's really, I think, all most of us, um, certainly what I was thinking about. if that was what we were talking about going into the commission, um, having made some good decisions that we need to build off, off of um, related to sexual abuse, um, one of the things that you could tell was it's like a it's almost like when the the movie ends and you know the Marvel editors want to introduce a new they they kind of bring in the la- at the last scene you're like oh that's going to be something I, I I think this question of Specifically, it was Saddleback Church because of their choice to ordain a, a woman. Plus, they've just hired um, their new lead pastor. Um, he and his wife often present themselves like a pastoral team. I don't know if they use the term co-pastors, but it's certainly beyond what most Southern Baptists are. So that was a question of, of, is that something that is, um, makes a church eligible for disfellowship? Uh, it is you know, not in line with the Baptist faith and message. And, and this is probably a good place to start, is that the Southern Baptist Convention, um, is, is is convictionally complementarian, and I would say unwaveringly so. Uh, complementarian, meaning that there are, are men and women created equally, but in the home and in the church, there are different roles that they are assigned to play. And in the church, God has restricted the office of elder, pastor, bishop um, in, in the New Testament most Baptists believe those are one office: um, elder, pastor, or bishop goes under one word that is restricted for um, a man. The most clear explanation of that is First Timothy two and three, where Paul just explains what it means to teach with authority and have authority in the church. That um, that's got to be um, that's the office of elder, and it's a man. Um, so, so, so the SBC is decidedly complementarian. So that would make you say, well, if there's any you know body that has someone on their staff named called they call a pastor and it's not a man. Well, then they shouldn't be in the Southern Baptist Convention, and you certainly don't understand where that comes from. But a couple of things here that we have to consider: first, is the nature of the Baptist faith and message, and our agreement on that is it, there's a difference in what they call being cooperational and confessional. When when you are strictly confessional, it means that unless I agree with pretty much every jot and tittle of this document, um, I have to you know say I I cannot submit to this document. Um, I, you know this is I I disagree with something slightly different here. And um, so I, I can't be included under this umbrella. Um, the SBC has always been set up so that it's cooperational, um, which means that, uh, that you voluntarily choose and you are choosing to align yourself with a convention that has set This is their confessional statement. So you would assume that there is enough um, symmetry and what we call like faith and practice that I feel comfortable here, but I am not, you know, in doing so, a church is not necessarily saying that I equate this with like, this is everything that we believe. Um, yeah, Adam Greenway, the president of Southwestern, um, he wrote, a, I think, a pretty helpful article on this. And he explained the difference in cooperational and confessional. And he, would say, he said this, and I quote, many Southern Baptists would be surprised to learn that a local church is not required to affirm explicitly the BFNM statement to be deemed a cooperating church. Article three of the SBC Constitution defines what it means to be a cooperating church. All it says is the church must have a faith and practice which closely identifies with the convention's adapted statement of faith. The linchpin of cooperation in the SBC are those three words he says closely identifies with. So the question, Matt, is is someone who has a woman on staff that they call pastor, is that far enough outside the pale that it, it, it goes beyond those three words closely identifies with um you know, one of the challenges with these things is how is how quickly our use of terms shift and how quickly the the, the the questions shift most of those who were on the committee for the baptist faith and message in 2000 that i've seen including adrian rogers said that um uh, he said that that what they had in view was the senior pastor because that was the leadership of the church. Um, I've seen that pretty consistently from people who were on that committee um, there in 2000. The, the challenge is nowadays, you have a lot of, of places in the church, a lot of churches where they will call some secondary assistant type of role. They will say that, you know, a minister of education, they might call that a pastor of education or what they used to call a song leader, they'll call a worship pastor or what used to be a children's director is now called a, ch- a children's pastor. And there are some who say, um, that the, the pastor um, is more a reference to a gift than it is to an office. Uh, they'll say, you know, Sam Storms, I mean, some responsible theologians would, would say this, that, that they make a case for why pastoring is, why it can be an office and a gift. You can also have a gift without the office, and so they want to recognize that in somebody, so they have no problem, even in a complementarian structure, referring to a, a woman as pastor because she's using that gift. Now, just to be totally transparent, actually, I think that's, that's incorrect. I, I think that there really it really is the office and the gift are one. I think that certainly there are women who have pastoring and shepherding type of gifts, but we don't ever call them pastor because we think that implies an office. So I would say that's an error, but the question is, is that a disfellowshipable error? Is that something that, yeah, that so makes you because you get this word wrong? because you you don't understand the context of the difference in the gift in the office, um, that even if you have a, 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 an avowedly and demonstrably complementary structure, where elders and the senior leadership of the church and the senior pastor is a man and can only be a man, that because you get this wrong, then you have no place in the Southern Baptist Convention. I think that's the question that's really there. Personally, I wouldn't think so, because let me give you another layer to this. Um, Now we have things uh, where you've got multiple elders at churches like ours, uh, You know, a church of multiple elders, and there's a lot of Baptist churches that I mean, when it comes to kind of having a questionable ecclesiology, you've got, okay, you've got a pastor and a bunch of deacons. So does that mean the pastor is the only elder and the deacons, deacons a lot of times end up acting like elders. Uh, and you know, they don't meet the qualifications for elders necessarily, but they sit and they act like elders. Well, is that a disfellowshipable uh, uh, error? I, I don't think the Baptist faith, the message ever had in mind, getting into making those kinds of rulings about church. It, it, it is a, it is a cooperative confession where we say, this is what most of us believe. And then there are, are different ones of us that will either, whether we get things wrong or we just say, that's not exactly the way that I see it. That doesn't put us out of fellowship. Uh, let me use another example from, um, uh, another part of the Baptist faith and message in the, in article seven, where it talks about um, baptism, it says that baptism is a prerequisite for participation in the Lord's table. Um, There are multiple Baptist churches where if a believing Presbyterian shows up and they're there on communion Sunday, they're not forbid from taking of the table. Technically by a very strict reading of the Baptist faith and message, that's a violation. Um, You know, there are some who've been saying, well, um, you, don't, you can believe more than the Baptist faith and message, you just can't contradict it. But the moment a Presbyterian of any kind takes communion in our church because they have not been scripturally baptized, um, at that point you are now in contradiction of the Baptist faith and message. Um, most Baptists would say, hey, that's not a disfellowshipable error. That's a very difficult word to say, Matt. Disfellowshipable error. There's probably a better word for it. Um, so I think it really is coming back to just this, this question of of are Baptists complementarian? Yes. Is that an important issue to us? Yes. Is it something that we ought to compromise on and say, you know what, this really doesn't matter? I think the answer from us Baptists, including me, is is no. Um, is somebody that is in a complementarian structure that misuses labels and terms and uh, wrongly applies them to describe a gift when it's an office, if they otherwise have a complementarian structure, is that something that ought to put them outside of the bonds of our fellowship? I think the historic Baptist answer is no. Um, one of the things that I bring to this is that disfellowshipping or our version of discommunication, that is a very grievous thing. It's not something to be treated lightly. It's not something that you do to score points. Um, I mean, it's yes, there are times that division is necessary, and um, our own Southern Baptist history has multiple examples, but you know, when it does, you do it with a broken heart. And um, I think when it comes to believers in our fellowship that get various of these things wrong... Yes, there is a point at which I say, yeah, you probably should do your own thing because we don't walk in agreement enough to really do stuff meaningfully together. But there's a heaviness that comes with that and one that I think is treated rather lightly by a lot of people and how they talk. The other thing I'll say to this is we have to get beyond just the individual issue. There are people or individual personalities involved. There are, you know, Rick Warren is an extremely effective, one of the most, um, let's just say it famous Christians of the last fifty years and I think his, you know, purpose driven life has been one of the best selling books of all time, had a massive impact on the church. But Rick Warren, for various reasons, has rubbed some Southern Baptists the wrong way. Um, but to use an action like this just to get back at one person, what you don't realize is, is is what we don't realize is that there's a lot of people that get caught in the crossfire of that. Um, and it might feel good in the in the initial thing to say, well he knows what he's doing and and this is a way to Kind of go after what somebody perceives as his his arrogance and his brashness. There, there'll be a lot of other churches that get caught in that crossfire who will be hurt, and we have to get beyond that and think of the of the larger whole. What we are called to do is develop a workable, gracious standard that works not just for this issue, but whatever the future issues are, because it might be this issue today, but you know, five years from now it might be. Uh, a revival of questions about eschatology and a revival of um, questions about the gifts of the spirit and that sort of thing. We have to have a gracious, workable solution that, that determines the levels of cooperation independent of the particular personalities in the discussion right now that we happen to really like or really, or really disdain. Um, I think this is a conversation that, that needs to happen. I think it's a very important conversation and I think it takes maturity, hopefully a, a very charitable heart. And also a great deal of, of respect and giving one another just the, the, the charitable benefit of the doubt and, and a cool head about this. So that's what I hope we see in the days to come.
0: Well, J.D., that's super helpful. And especially on a question like this, I like the way that you are thinking about it, encouraging people to think about it in a way that does not put people into Quick and easy categories that makes it easy to, on either side, just kind of poke at something and say, to your point, get back at somebody or just have a quick take. So I think the way you're thinking about it holistically is really helpful. Yeah, Matt, I
1: think you're bringing up a good point that this is a conversation that really requires some thoughtful wisdom, some bold courage, and, and, and a backbone of iron, but also a heart of charity. Um, this is a conversation that's going to require thoughtful nuance, biblical wisdom, and not for us just to retreat into blunt instrument types of way of treating it as if we can just categorize people in categories and say, these are all the conservatives and these are all the liberals and out with the liberals. I, I for one, do not want any compromise with um, liberalism. And I think yes, that is a, a dangerous, a dangerous and slippery slope for us to go down but i also know that charity biblical charity and and thinking about this means at least understanding what issues are at work and what makes for good cooperation there are certain things we can say that that honestly are easy and but probably a little lazy that can certainly get our our troops riled up and kind of you know yeah let's 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 it's a type of grandstanding that i don't think is helpful right now i think what um, what's really helpful is to think, like I said, with biblical wisdom, with a backbone of iron, but with charity and 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 nuance in a way that will lead our actions in this to not just be a blessing to Southern Baptists now, but as a guide for future Southern
0: Baptists um, to come. It's good. Uh, give JD all of your nuanced thoughts in his Twitter comments, and uh, we'll see you next time on Ask Me Anything. Anyway.